DF Voices, conversations over a cuppa with Dementia Forward, care and support for life. My name's Fiona Andrews and DF Voices is my podcast for Dementia Forward. Using these podcasts, I will be speaking to a variety of people who are all supporting loved ones living with dementia and who are doing some really great work out there and to introduce them to you. And my guest today is Mike Pollard. And Mike's partner, Julie, is living with young onset dementia, which means that Mike is living with this too. Hiya, Mike. How are you doing? Hiya. Fiona, you okay? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Where are you speaking to us from <laughs> today, Mike? Where are you at? Uh, well, I'm at home at the moment, yes. Yeah, so I've got a day off. I've taken the uh, opportunity to actually go and work at the care home where Julie is now, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Uh, which obviously under the circumstances of COVID, yeah, has prevented me from seeing Julie. So I thought I'd take the initiative to actually go and uh, work at the, the care home. Yeah, oh. so it gave me the uh, the privilege of actually going, being able to keep an eye on Julie, so to speak, yeah. That's lovely. And you know what? That's how this podcast is going to be, because I know that you don't want this to be like really sad and depressing because you and Julie have got a great relationship together and you've had a great relationship together and you're very much in love. So we really want to get that across as well as how, you know, devastating it is to live yeah. with an illness like what Julie has and the impact that it has on those close to her and her family. But first of yeah. all, Mike, just tell us a little bit about you and Julie and how you met and how you got together. Yeah, well, uh, we've known each other uh, for 26 years. Yeah, we, we met at work. Uh, prior to that, we were both married. So we both got two boys between us, yeah. Uh, Jonathan and Kurt, who are 26. So obviously they're struggling a little bit with their uh, mother's condition. Uh, uh, my lads are uh, 36, I think, and 33 now. God, yeah, that shows you my age, doesn't it, kind of thing, yeah. So they're not kids anymore, but uh, I love them to bits. Uh, we've been on lots of holidays together, you know, to begin with. But I think, you know, once the Alzheimer's is diagnosed, it kind of puts the strain on the relationship all around, really, yeah. Yeah, 26 years. We've had some fantastic times, yeah. Uh, probably like most relationships, it's been up and down. And I think our relationship became so strong when Julie got diagnosed with dementia uh, eight years ago, November 2012. It just makes you realise how much you love somebody, how much you've been very selfish, going off and playing golf for four hours or whatever, you know, uh, and expecting that partner to be happy when you come back, you know, after you've been in the 19th hole for, for a couple of hours, yeah? Yeah. I think that's normal <laughs> but, relationships, uh, though, isn't it, Mike? So, so, well, it has me. I'm sure everybody has a different story to tell, but uh, certainly, you know, we just, you know, when Julie got diagnosed, we, we just did everything together. You know, we were together all the time, whether it was just walking. But, you know, like I said, it's not all uh, sad because, you know, you either sit on the settee feeling sorry for yourself or you get and, and, and do something about it, yeah? And we travelled all over the place, you know. I got Julie up Mount Etna as well as, like, you know, local peaks in the Lake District, yeah? But uh, we've been to Morocco, Turkey, everywhere, Italy. You know, we just just enjoyed the life, yeah? I mean, I could talk all day about my experience with Julie, but, uh, you know, I put down in a presentation that there's, like, five different stages of our life living with our unwanted friend, uh, dementia. Starts off being very strange. I'll kind of give a little bit of background. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the diagnosis, which takes quite a while. 
to work out. Uh, and then, as I say, you know, rather than sitting down feeling sorry yourself, you adapt and you start planning the future a little bit uh, and start, you know, we've ploughed so much into those, into about four or five years. Most people wouldn't have done that in a lifetime. And then I think that the thing that I want to emphasise most is the actual crisis point. The crisis when it becomes almost like, uh, in, not intolerable, but impossible to kind of live a proper life with that person because they can't communicate. So your life is just like continually like looking after somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And as I've said before, I'm probably jumping ahead, probably got a question to ask me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm very passionate about probably too late for Julie, but there are other people out there who are just getting that diagnosis. And there's people out there who probably just started that uh, that long trip, if you like, of being mm. able to, you know, what to do, how to cope with this particular disease, losing friends. Mm-hmm. I think know, it, I think that that's why it's thing, really yeah. important for somebody like yourself to talk about this, Mike, because it's such a um, it's it's such an illness that you just don't expect to hit your family, isn't it? Somebody who well, just tell us just tell us um, how old was Julie when she was diagnosed? Uh, Julie was 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became, as I said, you know, the first kind of stage, if you like, is, is that strangeness, you know, the memory loss, not understanding, uh, not, not remembering her boy's birthdays, you know, can't remember really what day, day it is, just general difficulty with familiar tasks, uh, struggling to follow conversations. You know, starting a sentence off, but forgetting the latter part of the, of the so therefore confusion sets in. Yeah, Sorry? and the early signs, I suppose, kind of creep up on you, do they? Sort of, so you know, one a one-off situation, sort of, you can get over it because when people are stressed or tired or whatever, they do act a little bit out of character. But I suppose it just became more and more, and it was it was unlike how Judy had been. I suppose. Yeah, you know, to be quite honest. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about, you know, the awareness side of dementia because when Julie went through this, like, strange behaviour, well, I'd heard of Alzheimer's, but I didn't really know what it was about. Yeah, I thought, you know, like... Well, what, what did you think like it was? Old people's disease, yeah? Yeah. What did you think it was when Julie started to act like that? What did um, you think? Probably menopause, mm-hmm. yeah, to begin with. Lots of denial from, from us both, really, and from the family. Because it got to the stage where, <clears throat> obviously, Julie was being very forgetful. Communication was was poor. Uh, her boss phoned me up to say that he thought that Julie should start looking for another job. And it was mm. like, wow, what, do you, what are you saying? You know, kind of mm. thing. So Julie uh, lost her job? Lost her job. She actually got a job straight away as a uh, doctor's receptionist, booking appointments. But unfortunately, they had to say, thank you very much, but this isn't working out because she was making lots of mistakes in regards to booking the appointments. So at any point, uh, did somebody pick up that there just might be an issue here that needs to be diagnosed? Yeah, well, it's it's difficult. I tried to get Julie to go to the doctors. I actually phoned the doctors myself, but obviously from a point of view of uh, personal data, etc., mm. we're not allowed, obviously, to take my... Yeah. You know, they've made a note and they've said that next time Julie comes in, possibly for a routine appointment she suffered from eczema so occasionally she was going into the doctors to actually have her eczema reviewed but you know it's not it's not an easy process because Julie's mm-hmm. in denial you know there's nothing wrong with me kind of thing uh I spoke to her mum uh eventually her mum took her 
to the doctors, yeah, and hoping, I suppose, that it was the menopause period, yeah, kind of thing. Did you have an inkling at that time that it might be dementia? I knew there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was dementia, yeah. Uh, As I said, you know, dementia to me, yeah, loss of memory, but not at that age. Yeah. You know, I think it's the age thing what kind of rules out dementia straight away because you just mm-hmm. can't believe somebody of that age group, you know, would actually get uh, dementia. How long do you think Julie had lived like that um, before she had her proper diagnosis? Well, when we noticed things going wrong, uh, yeah. probably 18 months. Right. Yeah. But looking back beyond that first kind of scary moment of like, Julie don't, can't remember when a boy's birthdays are, you know, mm. kind of thing. Probably two years, probably, I would yeah. say, prior, prior to that. So yeah. three and a half years. Yeah. I mean, it's just a huge amount of time, isn't it, Mike? You know, just tell us about the diagnosis, Mike. Just tell us, you know, where were you at when you were told and, and just what happened, what happened immediately after that? Well, it's a long process, as I, as I said, uh, and trying to get an accurate diagnosis. Yeah, sometimes, you know... You, you're lucky if you get, you know, somebody who actually understands fully. It's okay having a technician to give you a, a, a scan or whatever, but then that scan has to go to somewhere. But we eventually got like a, a, a neurologist to actually look into it. So we were, we we're quite look, look, well looked after. This is at Sheffield uh, Allamshire Hospital, yeah? As I say, you know, the professionals might not have the experience. Uh, obviously, it's a difficult, it's a hard uh, disease, and you get you ended up giving a leaflet, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. So the hospital's done their their part. They're always happy to give you a reference, or you know, if you need any more, you know, for your doctor or whatever. Then uh, you know, here's the leaflet. So you just don't know really, you know, where to go. And you know, don't forget, I've got a good job. You're trying to look after care for somebody now who basically hasn't got a job. Part of the process as well, obviously, after the uh, the doctor's surgery, one or two friends said, why don't you come round and do a bit of cleaning for me or something like that. So we ended up doing, uh, setting up Julie cleaning, basically, yeah. But then that was another part of the problem, that getting phone calls from some of Julie's clients saying, a little bit worried about Julie. Mm. You know, she polished the table, she put the polish and the duster away, and then two minutes later, she went back into the cupboard and did the same process again, yeah. polished, you know, polishing yeah. the table three or four times. Yeah. So obviously that kind of took us to that uh, stage of going to the doctors, if you like. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, you can sit, you can sit, you have to adapt. You know, the next, the next plan is either sit, sit down, feel sorry for yourself. And I can imagine there's a lot of people out there. I've read somewhere that I think it was like 82% big number where basically the relationship begins to fail. And I think because of the, the young, you know, because people are still having to pay for the mortgage, looking after the kids, you know, the, the person who hasn't got the dementia goes off to progress yeah. his career. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was going to ask you about that because... Can't, can't, can't understand and probably leaves the partner. You know, the, yeah. I know families out there with young onset dementia where basically the, 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 the children are yeah. looking after the, yeah. the parent. Yeah. Because the, the other parent has abandoned the situation. Yeah. Doesn't understand it. You know, it's put their life on hold, you know, and they made a decision that no, you know, this isn't yeah. gonna affect me. We work we weren't getting on anyway, yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah. yeah. 
of course, to people like myself and other people, I won't mention any names, who obviously have loved and cherished and care for that mm. person mm-hmm. like, like I did. And, and I felt as though I had a duty of care, yeah. you know, to actually uh, stop stop by Julie's side, side, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, so, you know, you've, you've, uh, but, you've done but, that. But uh, you end up, uh, you lose your friends. Yeah. It affects your job, but you gain new friends. Yeah. You seek foundation help. There's, there's lots of help out there, which is why, you know, I'm a big supporter of local charities like yourself, Dementia Forward, because, you know, there is help. You know, they are trying to help people in society in being able to cope, you know, with it, with this awful disease. When you have this diagnosis, just tell us, you said that you walked out of the hospital with a leaflet. Just tell us, though, over those next sort of few days and weeks, what was it that you that you needed that just wasn't there? What 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 would have helped you in those first few days and weeks? Well, uh, I wish uh, Dementia Forward would have been around, yeah, because obviously I've had some fantastic support from, uh, I think, when I met uh, Julia. So the more people you get on board, I think the more helpful it yeah. is to actually progress some help. If you could wave got... a magic wand, Mike, and just say... This is what I think needs to happen. Just tell us what you would do. Uh, I'd, I'd, uh, it's killing me to actually, uh, I don't know, it's guilt or uh, it's just, uh, I don't know what it is. It's not, you have to give me two minutes. Yeah, That's sorry. fine. Yeah. Honestly, it's completely uh, fine. She's not here anymore, yeah? Yeah. She's died. Yeah. It feels as though she's died, but there's no closure. Yeah. I feel so guilty putting him to a kettle. I suppose I expected her to. Uh, there's no exact formula, is there? But uh, they reckon that uh, life expectancy. I was always told that it's like preparing you for the yeah. for the end. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Life expectancy. You know, I think as I say, there's no accurate kind of is is eight years. I think you know average. The decline is so much more rapid opposed to somebody getting Alzheimer's at an older age. You know, I I suppose put Julie into a care home thinking like, oh, well, she'll only be in there for about a year. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, she'll pass away peacefully. And we can all, you know, selfishly, you know, get on with our lives and put put a a closure on, you know, what's, what's happened to us. You know, we have so many plans, you know, to actually go... Uh, I've got a camper van, you know, kind of thing, yeah. you know, which we bought to actually kind of go around Europe and, you know, spend a bit of time together and enjoy our, you know, future retirement. And, uh, you know, the van's still outside, yeah. you know, but she can't get in it, you know, obviously now she couldn't, she couldn't get in, you know, she couldn't actually climb into the van, yeah. you know, I'd have prepared to actually take her, you know, even with, else, with dementia. It's almost an impossible situation that you're in, Mike, really, because, you know, you say Julie's still here and you're still looking after her and you yeah. still care for her, you know, and you're still dedicating your life towards her. But on the other hand, you say that she's she's actually just not here in the way that, obviously, in the way that you anticipated that you were going to live your middle age and older life yeah. together. So I suppose it, it gets to the stage where you just can't cope anymore. Yeah, you just like running around, you know, so I actually packed my job up. Packed a good job up, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, earning good money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I knew probably that summer was going to be the last summer, if you like, to be able to take Julie out. And my plan was to actually, you know, go back to work. 
you know, once Julie kind of went into a care home. But I think I'm so passionate now about helping people. It's too late for Julie, but there's a lot of people out there, as I said, you know, who are going to go through this process and they need some help. You know, if we could start something in York, you know, hopefully that would be the flagship for something that would be developed nationally. You know, early onset dementia, uh, 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 crying out for a specialist, you know, early onset uh, provider, yeah? Yeah. Who can continually endeavour to develop, you know, the best practices. Yeah. You know, know, things are moving all the time. People understanding about... uh, early onset dementia and it isn't about you know with a more holistic clinical approach I think yeah yeah? because like you know with with activities that's emphasis you know which are age appropriate yeah definitely but I think it was total inspiration I think you're a real voice for for change in York and working with us at Dementia Forward to make that change will um you know be really important to us and I really like the fact that you can speak so honestly about everything that you've gone through you know that uh, Dementia Forward are really passionate about young onset um, uh, day centres, respite, all the stuff that you talked about, the proper pathway, yeah. early diagnosis, where we, we've got Julia, who's our dementia specialist nurse. You know, she continues to help yeah. in, in, in a lot of people's cases. Yeah, it's killing me putting Julia into a care home because it was just making me ill. Yeah. But if there'd have been a provider out there who understands dementia can actually... I've trained staff who understand, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I wouldn't have put Julie in a, yeah. in a care home. Julie would still be living with me in my house. Yeah. Do you know what, you know, Mike? The... But I just, need, I just need somewhere occasionally to actually be able to take Julie, you know, even dropping off at nine and picking her up at five o'clock, you know. Yeah. So I, I continue to do. I, I still need to work. Yeah, exactly. You You're know, in the middle of all of this. Yes. You've you know, still got to have uh, some semblance of a life, don't you, Mike? Yeah, perhaps, you know, perhaps it would have been, I can drop Julie off at a, a provider who can offer 24-hour care three days a week. Yeah. But everybody's got the different, you know, whether it's just a centre where you can go for advice, you know, you're given the leaflet, you know, or somewhere you can go, my wife's lost, you know, lost a memory. You know, she's, she's acting strange. You know, you're the York Dementia Centre. Can you help me? Where do I go? Yeah. What you need, Mike, is a proper pathway. Yeah. We need a proper pathway from early diagnosis, recognising the signs, training um, in the middle of all of that, and then people knowing at each step where the help's going to be and where to turn to for for each uh, part of that help that you need at the appropriate time. That's what we need. Do you know what, Mike? We we need you to continue to work with us at Dementia Forward to help that happen because the devotion that you've shown for Julie is is outstanding. I know that you don't want to hear that and I know that you're, you know, you're a very modest man. You're, you're You're just, you know, running yourself ragged and you're doing it. But you know, the devotion and the inspiration that you have, I'd like to think that you would work with us to help change wherever we can push through that change um, with, with us at yeah. Dementia Forward. Yeah. Um, Mike, I am, I'm going to finish there because I, I know that there's a loads more that we can speak about and we're going yeah. to do it. We're going to travel the journey with you and we're going to speak more um, about other stuff as we as we go along the yeah. way. Yeah? Yeah, good. Um, well, I'm, I'm pleased. You know, I'm I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to help. I'm pleased I could help. You know, thank you for the invite. Yeah. 
and thanks ever so much for talking. To, uh, you know, if there was somebody out there who could understand not just me but other people what they're going through, you know, I think I think it's got got to the stage now where we're on a mission, aren't yeah. we? Kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, I always think about Martin Luther King. You know, I yeah. you know I I have a vision. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And my my vision. If I if I won thirty million pounds on the lottery tomorrow, yeah. you know, my life would be dedicated. You know, how much would it cost to actually have a buy, uh, refurbish or buy new? You know, yeah. a little six bedroom unit bungalow, whatever. Yeah. You know, because that's all you need. I'm not I'm not talking about putting everybody with early onset dementia into a care home twenty four seven. There will be some people who want that, yeah, but I'm talking about a unit which actually supports people properly, yeah, with early onset dementia, those people who still want to have a life together. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what the solution is for the, the partner who leaves, you know, I don't know, that, yeah. that's a tragic circumstance, isn't it? But there's a lot of people out there, you know, who had a fantastic life with yeah. their partners and feel duty bound yeah, to actually they... continue to look after them. And I wish I hadn't had to put Julie into a care home. I wish there was a, a provider out there who would have helped me to keep Julie at home. You're wonderful, Mike Pollard. If anybody listening to this <laughs> podcast would like to speak to one of our Dementia Forward colleagues, you can always call us on 0330 and also remember that you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to find out who I'll be speaking to next on DF Voices. Today has been the wonderful Mike Pollard talking about him and his lovely relationship with Julie. Thank you ever so much, Mike. We'll speak to you again. See you next time. If you need our support, please call the Dementia Forward Helpline on 033 578 592. Care and support for life.